So it started out with my friends and I took a cabin trip up to Big Bear and I gave all of them readings in front of each other back to back. We put on the Game of Thrones soundtrack. We lit a fire. I gave all of them readings in front of each other. (laughs) And then from there, I said, go ahead, tell your friends, tell anyone. And I said, for a year, I'm doing free readings for as many people as I can. And I, I, it was the scariest moment, but I put on Facebook, I was like, I'm doing free angel readings for this year. And anybody who wants one, like come to me. And I said, you can tell your friends too. But since I was doing them in person at my house, I only did it off from friends of friends, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I read for a year for as many people at got insane, like word spread and all these people were coming to me. And then uh, I feel like it's no coincidence that the restaurant where I worked was also everyone was randomly like so spiritual. They all came to me for readings. Like I loved all of my coworkers. Whenever we'd take 30 minute breaks together, I'd do their birth chart for them. And so it was just like so supportive. And I feel like if it wasn't that supportive, I don't know if I'd be here today because it was already like fighting a mini battle with myself before every reading, being like, what if nothing comes through? What if they hate it? What if you don't lead them down the right path? And I realized like the reading itself was so awesome and the everything that led up to it was so exhausting. And so that's like the path of a reader and intuitive, I feel, is to heal that inner villain inside that just tries to scare you. But yeah, so that's that was the path. I just practiced and practiced until I felt confident charging $30 for 30 minutes. And then I did that for like another year. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. How did you first connect with your angels? So it's interesting, but I had a very messy relationship with my intuition when I was younger. I was terrified because I would see like ghosts at night. I would feel things. I had sleep paralysis when I was Mm -hmm. a kid. I would see shadows around me. And so I was absolutely terrified. And I feel like so many intuitive people uh, experience something similar. And it's almost this like special sauce ingredient to like stepping into your power is having to like go through that shadowy, scary moment to be like, no, I'm owning this part of myself. Like you don't get to control this anymore. And so I was very shut off for a really long time because of that early experience with it. And so when I was 25, I hit rock bottom and I basically was like, you know, seeing ghosts in my house, things were rattling. I was attracting just all this fearful Mm. kind of heavy energy to myself because that's what I was putting out. And um, basically I put a call out there to the universe. I was like, I need help, like someone help. Mm. And within the week, like three psychics found me, I swear. And so one of them was this lady named Gail and she came to my house and she was like- That's a perfect psychic name. I know, I'm right? <laughs> Gail, take Gail. my money. Say I was no like, more. Gail, I trust you. I'll open up my deep subconscious <laughs> to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so she came over and she was like, okay, it's time to invite your angels back in. And I was like, yes. And so she, at first I thought she was just going to come and clear the spirits out of my house. And I was like, okay, bye. That's all I need. But then she's like leading me through meditations and I was opening up and I saw that one of the spirits was my grandpa. And I was like, wait a minute. I thought my grandpa had like brown hair, but then it turned out he had black hair. And I actually saw that and all the photos of him were black and white and like all this cool stuff. And so, um, 
so basically she invited, she told me to invite my angels in and I started sobbing Mm -hmm. and I realized that it wasn't even me crying. It was like their tears almost threw me at being invited back in. And I realized that by shutting out all of those quote unquote scary bad things, I was also shutting out all the benevolent forces that are here to guide us and help us as well. And so that was the the reignition of my relationship with my angels. But then when I went back to my childhood room and did an angel reading in it for someone, my angels were like, we've been in here with you before. Like we've always been with you. You just haven't been with us. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's huge for people because I had a similar experience of shutting off my gifts, um, being very young because I was seeing things and I was feeling things and there was just, it was very dark and scary, you know, and you don't know what's going on. And it's actually very interesting about your left eye because I wore a patch when I was very little for a few years and I had like a weaker left eye. I had issues with my left eye and Mm -hmm. I read this book and I'll never forget it, but I also did forget it. (laughs) It talks about the spirituality of your left eye. And there's actually like a spiritually intuitive connective piece from your third eye to your left eye. And it's like a place where gifts often are. And when the left eye has like an issue or problem or is weaker, that has to do with like a shutting off of your gifts. Wow. So I think when we think about that for people that can lead to that, but getting your confidence back and really reclaiming your power and your divinity and your sovereignty is very important. And I think what's interesting about that journey to reclaiming your power on this plane is that you acknowledge that what you saw and the darkness and the shadow is true, but then you also are acknowledging the other side that the light and the beauty and the angelic presences are also true and that you're claiming your space in between those. And I think that's what part of it was interesting for me is like I have to acknowledge both. Yeah, exactly. And I think a denial of one is just going to weaken you because they both exist. That duality exists. And oftentimes a lot of the shadow stuff is misunderstood and a lot of the light stuff is glorified. Mm. And so we have to run everything through the barometer of our heart space truly. And like our power lies in the shadow. There was a moment at the very end when not the very end, that's dramatic, but at the end of the time period before Gail came and helped me like Mm. wake up again, where there was this spirit of a really heavy man that would sit in my computer chair at night and it would creak and it would swivel every night. And it was like torturous to me. And then I heard this rattling in my coat closet. And finally I got up out of bed And I locked myself in the coat closet in the dark, like Sixth Sense style. (laughs) (laughs) Your eyes roll in the back of your head. You're like, let's go, bitch. (laughs) You like start scaring them. You like flip the chair around. Exactly. Like I I literally said this. I said the scariest thing in this apartment right now is me. (laughs) Damn. I swear. I was like so at my my wits end. I was sleep deprived. I was waking up every night. Wow. I said the scariest thing in here is me. And I let myself be in the darkness and I never experienced that again. (gasps) The rattling stopped. Everything stopped. I completely own my power. I just got chills. (laughs) Wow. You have to do that. When in my old apartment, there was an energy and I had to work with Shaman Durek. I was working with all these people. When we got the apartment, I was like blank. I was like, Mm. I had no energy, no feeling. I was not excited. And then we were moving in and I was unwell. I was like, oh, "Oh, I'm, I'm unwell. Chills. At this move in. And I told Justin, I was like, hey, there's something up with our apartment. He's like, God, now we're moving. Now we got 
shit in our apartment. <laughs> and he's like so scared. He's like, God. you're like, you're gonna have to piss in a glass. glass <laughs> we did. Thing that was container. one of the things they were like. They were like, pee in a jar and throw it outside to mark your territory. So we did that. But about wow. other things, I remember one night it was like after we had done a bunch of things. I was sleeping and the fucking thing came up to me, walked to the side of the bed, right oh. next to me on the side of the bed. And I was like, no, bitch. And it was like, yeah. just super big. I was like, no, this is exactly. my space. Completely went away. And it was like the night I got my power back with that. Mm. It's so powerful. I swear it's like a rite of passage yes. in some way to do this because we are physical beings on a physical plane. Yes. Do you know We how have dominion. Exactly. Yes. It takes like them so much energy to be like, <laughs> and we're literally out here not yeah. even thinking about moving my arms. For people, for people listening, she just moved oh, her yeah. like little dick like an inch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, ooh, you flickered a light. Like I can go jump on a trampoline without even thinking about <laughs> it. <laughs> so I think that we have to like reform how we're looking at this. And like for the listeners out there, a, tr a tip that really helps if you're scared and you think there's a ghost or something negative around you, just start laughing. I yes. swear. Start laughing. It, it like breaks the energy. Yeah, yes. it transmutes everything mm -hmm. to lightness. Like laughter is actually so holy. And I swear comedians are some of the most spiritual people because they transmute darkness to light. And you can so do that with laughter. Yeah, I was actually just writing something in a, a newsletter. And that's like something that I've been doing around like any time I've been preoccupied with anyone else's thoughts, mm -hmm. business, like opinions of me, whatever, is like trying to transmute it with a little bit of mm -hmm. laughter. Because like pulling yeah. up and out of it, like most things are not that serious, <laughs> yeah. you know, but like in the melodrama of our mind, they are. But yeah, yeah that's I, I feel like that's so, so powerful. And I really do. When you said it's like a rite of passage, I feel like it's so simple and you did it in an instant mm -hmm. and it really didn't take that much to do it, yeah. but it changed everything. Yeah. And I think it's also such a metaphor for how the fear of something in our head is yes. so much greater than doing it exactly. actually is. It's like, I thought I was going to go in there and they were going to touch me and there would be <laughs> rattling and my eyes would roll back like Krista said, but then I went in there and they left. Mm -hmm. So it's like a confrontation of the shadow is yes. the most powerful way to embrace the light. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose and follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.